Okay, so today we're going to be talking about praise, presence, and divine exchange. Everybody say praise. praise. Everybody say presence. presence. Divine exchange. Okay, so I'm talking about our praise, right? His presence and the divine exchange that comes as a result of that. So, you know, spoiler alert, obviously we're doing this first and then we're going into worship. So obviously um, it's going to tie into how praise, presence, and divine exchange is connected to our corporate worship, right? Um, but this is also something that can be taken into your daily life of how you, how you just carry a heart of praise, a heart of worship, a heart of, you know, wanting to encounter his divine presence and, 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 and help bring about a divine exchange for others in your life. Does that make sense? Okay, so, um, but really, I just want to encourage your faith. I want to build you up. I want to lift you up, lift our vision higher to, to see just what that, um, the divine exchange, what comes with his praise, how um, his, just when you engage in praise and how you come into his presence, what can happen in that moment. So um, we're going to experience the fullness of who God is, is what, is what we're wanting to. Okay, so there is a, um, this dance happening between his presence, between our praise, and divine exchange. Because it's, it's like his presence brings praise. Our praise brings presence, right? His presence brings divine exchange, and divine exchange brings praise, right? So <laughs> they just all kind of go together, okay? So we're just kind of going to be talking about that today, acknowledging uh, those things. Uh, we can't let it go unnoticed that this is Palm Sunday, right? Okay, so let's start there with praise, right? Um, we're not going to hover over it long, but we are going to acknowledge that this is Palm Sunday, and it was a day of praise. This is the day that Jesus was celebrated when he entered Jerusalem. Um, he was being acknowledged as the Savior, and then would later be crucified and then resurrected, right? Um, so let's take a minute to go there. So we are in, yes, Luke. So when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Like, get a hold of these guys. And Jesus said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Yes, I, I am like, yes, they, the, the Pharisees, they did not understand how important this moment was. They didn't understand. And they're trying to, you know, just silence, silence these guys. They're like, Jesus, keep your people under control. And he's like, I can't help it. You know, even if they're quiet, the stones will cry out. And, and I, just, I just love that. I just love that. Okay, and then um, in Matthew, it says, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So Hosanna was the shout of praise or adoration made in recognition of Jesus as the Messiah. The people were crying out to heaven in agreement, we believe Jesus is the Messiah. And that was very significant. So when we think about Holy Week, I'm hot, aren't I? I keep blowing something. I don't know if I just need to talk quieter. Anyway, um, 
I'm talking about the mic. Okay. Um, when we think about Holy Week, um, when we think about Holy Week and, and the events after, it started with praise, right? It started with praise, and then came the cross that made a way for us to partake in divine exchange, right? And, um, and then his presence came for us later, you know, through the resurrection, ascension, and then the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, so do you need some resurrection in your life? Yes. So maybe it starts with praise, right? Okay, so I want to explain to you, um, if you didn't get it from its context, a little bit about what I mean by divine exchange. So, because um, you won't find that word in the Bible or that phrase. But what I mean by that is how we come with our mess and the Lord exchanges it for whatever he wants to give us, you know? Salvation, he lifts shame, he breaks strongholds. We come, we, we make the mess, he cleans it up, you know? That's just, that's how it's always been. And this, this is so significant to me. Um, divine exchange, and I'm sure it is to everyone, but for me in particular, and even in this season right now, because my first divine exchange happened 18 years ago in this place, 18 years ago, as in like in two days, it will be the 18th anniversary of me experiencing divine exchange in this place, and I'll go into it briefly to just explain how significant that moment really was. So, I, at the time, this was 2003, I was 25 years old, and I had been addicted and on drugs for eight years of my life, and I was a mess. And when I would reach out for help, what I got were, you know, labels and diagnoses. You know, well, you've got borderline personality disorder, or you've got bipolar disorder, and you know, you do a little research on those things, and I was a researcher even back then, you realize, oh, yeah, there's no hope of you ever really having a normal relationship with anyone, especially with your kids. And I was so depressed, and I was so lonely, and I was so broken that I wanted to die. I mean, I genuinely wanted to die, and if I did not have children, I would have killed myself. I absolutely would have. I couldn't let them live with that thought. Even though I knew that me being in their life might damage them, I thought, well, me killing myself would probably damage them more. And so I just weighed the options and stayed alive. And long story short, I had this brief moment of getting sober. I had this stretch of time, maybe a few days, maybe a week, that I had, I had gotten sober. And I had gotten clean, and someone invited me to this church. And I thought to myself, well, I'm not on drugs, so I'm not going to burst into flames when I walk in the door. <laughs> I will go. And, um, and there was, there's so many other sins that I was involved in that will take me down a hundred rabbit trails. So anyway, I won't go there, but um, we'll stay focused on that. When I walked into this place, we were just a few minutes late and worship was already going on. And I walked into those doors and I looked around and I saw everyone praising. And then it's like, I had my own encounter with God where, you know, when you live that lifestyle, you live in a lot of shame. I mean, so much shame. You just know that everyone else knows that you're a mess, 
you feel like you just walk with this warning label. And I came walking in, and everyone was praising, and that shame that I had carried like a heavy weight began to lift off of me, and I felt it leaving me. And I was like, what is happening to me? And I'm just sitting right back there, like probably where Ella is right there. And I, I, that's where I'm sitting, and I'm just, it's, it's lifting, and love is coming down. And I feel, it felt like the air was hugging me. Like, it, it was just this presence. I felt this presence so thick, so amazing. And I was just weeping and crying, and I, it was uncontrollable. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make it stop. And I didn't know what was happening. All I knew is that every, every desire that I had been hunting down was being satisfied in that moment. And, you know, they, they worship is still happening. And you know how we get on the microphone and we do a call to do this, come up for prayer, come up for whatever. It was a call to, hey, would you like to receive Jesus into your heart? And, I'm, and I didn't even think a thought. I, I was like, yep. Yes, I do. And I just come marching down, and I think I'm standing right here. And there, worship's happening. Everybody's praising. And I'm just sitting here having an encounter with God. Shame, leaving, love coming in. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. It is like this moment of, I mean, it was amazing. Yes, give God praise. And all I did was show up. That's it. I walked, I encountered the presence of God because I entered this place when you guys were praising 18 years ago. And I got free. And I know I got free. And that was it because I left there that day and I said, I need to know this God. I want to know everything about him. And I devoured my Bible. I was like, I, now. It took me a while to not be such a mess. But anyway, but that, that encounter was amazing. And there was a craving and a longing inside of me. And I was delivered from demonic oppression in that day. And ask me later. I won't tell you now how I know it was demonic oppression. But there's a story behind that. But I know I was delivered. I was saved. I was healed. I know it. And all I did was walk into the presence of God. That's it. That is what I'm talking about when I say divine exchange, okay? And that is why I am so passionate about worship, because I know what can happen. I know what can happen. I know what strongholds can be broken. I know. And I'm like, you don't understand how important this moment is. You don't understand how praising him does something. And we'll get into more of that of how, pray, how your praise affects other people. Okay, Whew. I'm getting ahead of myself. Isaiah 61, the spirit, I'm going to actually read off my paper because the light shines in my, okay, anyway, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness for the, for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, 
the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Yes, I get so emotional when I think about that, what it means for me personally, and what this has the power, what what God has the, anyway, sorry, I can't even explain it. I just get so excited. I get so emotional about it. Everybody say presence. Praise. Divine exchange. So we're going to read some stories today, and I'm going to point out those three things that have been standing out to me. Praise, presence, divine exchange. I want you to see, just start noticing, we're going to read three different stories. I want you to start noticing their, what their praise looked like, what they had to do to come into his presence, and what their divine exchange was. And just allow it to, um, just think about how it relates to you personally and how it can change your thinking. So we will start with the woman in Luke 7 because this is who I identify with the most. Now this particular passage is talking about the woman who came in, and and we'll read about it in a second, but poured the oil on Jesus' feet. This particular passage in Luke 7, and you can disagree with me and I'm okay with it, but seems to stand out from the other passages Um, because the other Gospels talk about um, a situation where a woman came in and um, some are, it's named as Mary, you know, things like that. This seems to be a different um, representation of that that maybe happened earlier in Jesus's ministry that maybe this has happened two different times. It's okay if you disagree. But um, anyway, so we'll start here. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster, an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. I know, bring it. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Woo. 
So what are some of the things that you notice about this? You know, the first thing I think when I think of presence, I think, I think of what she had to go through to get into his presence. You know, when you live a life of sin and you carry that much shame, she walked into a Pharisee's house. Yeah, yes, she was a woman, yes. And she took a risk, a huge risk to come into his presence. And, um, I mean, she faced embarrassment, shame, ridicule. You know, she didn't know what was going to happen, but all she knew was, I have to get to him. I have to get to him, and I don't care how stupid I look. I don't care. I'm coming into his presence. I'm going for it. I'm breaking off the shame, and I'm going for it. And her praise, when I think about her praise, she wept and washed his feet with her tears, and she kissed his feet. She lavished her love onto him. She poured it out, snot and tears, you know, all of the things. She was wasteful with her earthly treasures just to bestow love on him. I think about that, and I just, that's that's an emotional response. When we praise, it's emotional, and it's okay. It should be. It absolutely should be an emotional response. So the divine exchange that happened, her many sins were forgiven, right? She was saved. She was acknowledged and validated in front of the Pharisees. And that is powerful. And imagine the power of that to just free her from shame in that, right in that moment. Whew. Okay, next one. We're in Acts now. Acts 3, verses 1 through 10. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Yes. Woo! So in this moment, um, you know, we think presence. Everybody say presence. Presence. Praise. Divine exchange. Okay, so when he came into the, the way he encountered the Holy Spirit was through Peter and John, and it was through touch. He grabbed his hand, and he touched, and he encountered him in that way, and he asked for it. He's like, will you help me? He didn't know what, he didn't know what he needed. He asked for alms, but what did he really need? 
healed, right? He needed the divine exchange that happened, which came, which was he was healed. His feet and his ankles were made strong. And he became emotionally well because, because look, the, the praise that began to well up in him when it was done, he was leaping and praising God. Can you imagine what that, you know, like, you know, he's leaping and praising God. He was excited, right? He was excited about what had just happened because this changed his whole life. His whole life was sitting there begging. And Jesus just changed his whole life. The divine exchange, the divine encounter that he had through um, John and Peter was, I am healed, I am made whole. And his response was wild praise. Amen? All right, last one. We're in Luke 18 now. Luke 18, 35 through 43. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more. Now listen, that word cried is stronger than cried, okay, than the one in the previous verse. It actually means to cry or to shout out clamorously, to scream or shriek. He shrieked at Jesus. Son of David! (laughs) I'll lose my voice. I can't do that. Um, Have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. There's a whole message in that. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Yes. So listen, again, in order to come into the presence of Jesus, he's like, Jesus isn't listening to me. Do we ever feel like Jesus isn't listening to us? Are we willing to cry and shriek, to cry out calamorously to get his attention? You know, we know he's always listening, but you know what I'm saying. You, you hear the, what I'm trying to say. He, yes, the pursuit of him. He shrieked at him. He was willing to look like a fool and to just cry out like a crazy person, you know? Presence. Say presence. presence. Say praise. praise. Divine exchange. Okay, so the divine exchange obviously was recovering his sight because he said, your faith made you well. And then his praise, number one, the first thing he said, you know, this? he followed him. That was part of his praise, was following him. And then the gl- he glorified God, and everyone gave praise to God. God because of what they saw and what they did. Whew, that's good. So I want to shift some of these concepts into our own personal worship, and let's stop and just ask some questions.
Do I take risks to come into his presence like the woman in Luke 7? Do I risk looking foolish or being shamed or ridiculed? Do I cry out for Jesus to the point of shrink, shrieking when I don't think he's listening? Do I pursue him? Do I leap for joy at what he's done and who he is? Do I rejoice that I am forgiven and I am saved from hell? And even when I don't feel like it, do I offer up a sacrifice of praise? So true worship comes from gratitude for what he did for us on the cross, how he saved us, the forgiveness he offers, how magnificent he is. Yes. God doesn't need our worship, but he wants it. Right? And we need to worship God. We need it. Whatever we worship, we become like right? It changes us. Coming into his presence and worshiping him, it changes us. And did you know that we all have a longing to praise and worship him? We have an internal magnet that wants to praise him. When we corporately worship, uh, we all come together with our own personal gratitude, right? Do you guys have uh, an amazing story of how God saved you? Yes. Things that he's brought you out of? Yes. When we remember that and come together and praise him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, it shifts the atmosphere. There's a reason we all come together for worship. So I personally benefited from the presence of God that happened here 18 years ago. Right? It was, I didn't do anything except show up. My deliverance was a result of your praise. So thank you for that. So let's look at Acts. Paul and Silas were put in prison for casting the spirit of divination out of a slave girl. So here they are in prison. And what are they doing? They're singing praises. So... About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Yes, give some praise. When we praise, the Lord inhabits our praises, right? And when others come in with their chains and their locked prison doors, they get free. Your praise affects other people's freedom. It does. It just does. So I took a class on worship that Tom taught years ago. I think we decided it was in 2009 or something. (laughs) It was a long time ago. 
Here's some of the notes from that. So worship isn't something that you attend like a movie or a concert. It's something that you enter into with all your might. Worship is a, partition, is a participation sport in a spectator culture. It was hard to say. I'm going to say it again. Worship is a participation sport in a spectator culture. It's not something that we just sit back. Not everyone has their own expression of worship, and we're going to talk about that in the Psalms right now. So let's see what Psalms has to say about worship. All of these are actions, okay? And we, these are verbs. So here are some of the ways that, that the Psalms describes for us to worship God. Shout. Psalm 101, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Sing a new song. Singing him, that's Psalm 33.3, sing to him a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. Dance before him, Psalm 149.3, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. Clap your hands, Psalm 47.1, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. Bow down, Psalm 5-7. But I, by your great mercy, will come into your house in reverence, and I will bow down toward your holy temple. Lift up your hands, Psalm 63-4. I will praise you as long as I live. Oh, music stands in my way. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. The worship team, if you guys want to start coming up. Lift up a banner. Psalm 25. We will shout for joy when you are victorious, and we will lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Lift up your heads. Psalm 24, 7. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come may come in. Tell of his might, Psalm 145, 6. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will, will proclaim your great deeds. Meditate on his truth, Psalm 119, 15 through 16. I meditate on your precepts. Hold on. Do I need to move yet? No, yes. Meditate on his truth. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Yes. Walk in his ways. Psalm 119, 2 through 3. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. Still your heart. Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Strike up the bands. Psalm 98.4. Shout your praises to God, everybody. Let loose and sing. Strike up the bands. Yes. <laughs> Praise him with trumpet, with the trumpet sound and the clash of cymbals. Psalm 153 through 6. Praise with a blast on the trumpet. 
Praise by strumming soft strings. Praise him with the castanets and dance. Praise him with banjo and flute. Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. Praise him with the fiddles and the mandolin. Let everything, let every living, breathing creature praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's, let's enter his presence and offer up praises to the Lord. So this is what I want you to think about. What do you have to praise him for? What has he done for you personally? Because we've all been saved from hell, right? We've all been saved from the same hell. You were saved from the same hell that I was saved from, right? I just had a little taste of it on earth, right? I know what hell's like, at least a little sliver of it. But we get to spend an eternity with God. And if we truly understood how mighty and how powerful he is, we may not be able to get up off the floor. But what will your praise look like? Do you feel unworthy to come into his presence because of what you did last night or the day before? Like the woman in Luke 7. Are you going to fight through that? Do you carry buckets full of tears, of sorrow and shame? And what are you going to do with it? Are you going to bring them before the Lord? Pour them out, pour out your tears, bring your ointment to him? Are you feeling a little desperate and need to shriek at Jesus to get his attention? If you long to be in his presence and you feel like he's not listening, pursue that. Praise him ahead of time. Praise him before your breakthrough. Praise him for your eyes that are about to be opened. Are you full of gratitude for what he's done? Are you going to leap for joy for what he's done for you? Are you willing to offer up your praises for the sake of someone else who is in prison next to you for their freedom? And as we do that, I want us to believe for miraculous divine exchanges for ourselves, for our children, for the person next to us, for the people who will come in later, right? It's not just about us. We've got a city to affect. So everyone just stand.
So whatever you need to do to get into the presence of God, do that. Move, shift, get, get where you need to be. And I want you to think about that list that the Psalms listed out of ways that we worship God. Are you going to raise your hands today in worship of the God who's worthy? Are you going to shout to the Lord? Are you going to sing a new song? Are you going to dance before the Lord? Pour out your love on him. <laughs>